You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Tigers on Tap, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Stepping up to the microphone are Trey Lasley and TJ Willis. Join the guys as they talk all things Memphis Tigers and their favorite beer. Turn your volume up, grab your favorite brew, and enjoy the conversation. Now, let's get to the show. What's up, what's up, what's up? We're back. It's Trey back with he loves big tight ends and he cannot lie tj what's up my man another win i cannot complain sir four in a row one two three four that's like uh i was looking at earlier i think we've got like the fifth or sixth longest win streak in the nation is that obviously tied obviously tied with some people but uh solid uh solid couple of weeks you just keep cranking them out right Four in a row two seems and pretty good. Two and zero oh in the American for the first time since 2016. So hey, we control our own destiny right now. All right, first things first. Uh, sticking with the Oktoberfest theme, tell me what we got tonight, TJ. We are going with High Cotton Oktoberfest. From the good folks over at High Cotton, we actually did a High Cotton. Like was it two weeks ago? Yeah, it was about two weeks ago. We did a high cotton. Unfortunately, we we're pretty limited in terms of all the local breweries that have high that have a uh, Oktoberfest. There's basically only like four or five that have them canned, which is so, all we need, though, right? We got perfect. four October it games. It fits. Pretty cool it's can. Like they knew, like they knew we were doing this. I'm not gonna dive in on it yet, but it's a pretty cool can. Oh, I like it. It's very similar. I feel like obviously a lot of the the local brews, their cans kind of all fall in line with one another, but very similar to the last high cotton where it's like half, you know, the back half of the can, if you will, is a lot better than the front half, if that makes sense. Kind of, kind of a two faced can here, if you know what I mean. I'm with you. I'm following her. All right. Uh, TJ, how about that Temple game? Oh, Initial thoughts? How, how about that Temple game? It was a stressful game, and it didn't need to be. I think we can agree on that. It was um, definitely some things you could take away from and say that uh, you learned from from watching it, but there's also, um, when it's all said and done, you came away with a win. So uh, can you really complain too much? Yeah, I mean, you say stressful. I would have said frustrating for the first two and a half quarters. I mean, 
not having a single point on the board going into halftime, we just it was just a struggle for two and a half quarters. Uh, I mean, really, actually, until like the the end of the third quarter. But yeah, I mean, you found a way to to get the win, a gritty win. Um, but it's I don't know. The last two weeks, offensively, it's been a struggle. Tough to watch. Uh, summer, summer. It was a lighter crowd. I think it's what that's back to back weeks. The first time. Uh, in a while since like 2013, I think that we've had like 23,000 or less in back-to-back weeks at a home game. Some of that is obviously, I think, uh, Saturday day game. Some of it, people would argue, is the product that's been on the field. It's been, uh, I don't know, dull to say the least, offensively. So, uh, but hey, like you said, found a way to pull out the dub. Uh, moved to two and zero in the conference. We're leading the conference now at two and zero, number one. Uh, first time since sixteen, like we mentioned earlier. Uh, you control your own destiny. So hey, they keep winning games, ugly or not. Well, uh, I think we'll end up where we want to be, right? Competing for a uh, American title. I will say, it wasn't hot. Like two weeks ago, but I got absolutely fried in Simmons Bank on Saturday. Yeah, so where where we sit, um, I guess that's on the west side of the stadium. Is that right? Yeah. West side of the stadium? Just my whole left side, completely roasted. Not, my right's good. It was just my left side. like my The left side of my nose was temple red. Looked like a cherry on one side, white on the other. It was kind of wild. Yeah. yeah got to, uh, I guess it won't be a problem this week, but those day games, I got to remember to sunscreen up, man. It was, uh, it was rough. Uh, all right. It's a win. As always, we're going to go with, uh, good, bad, and beautiful. Um, TJ, you want to kick us off with your good from, uh, Saturday? Kick us off. You be football pun. Hey. We kind of touched on mine already. Um, hey, kickoffs gonna- have been good. The kickoffs have been good. That should be one of the things we talk about. But um, my bad was is actually the first nine drives on offense. You know, it was uh, 203 yards, but a goose egg to show for it. You know, it's definitely not ideal. You had four consecutive punts, turnover on downs, punt the ball, turnover on downs, punt the ball, turnover on downs. And it's just, it's frustrating because you know that you're better than that. You know that they can be better than that. And it was just little things kind of holding everybody back and drop passes. Um, Going forward on fourth, I don't mind. You know, Temple had not shown you were able to move the ball on them, right? It it wasn't for a lack of production. You just couldn't complete drives and you couldn't score. Um, So, you know, for me, it it was definitely the ability to move the ball but not score was just so stressful and frustrating to kind of combine what we both pointed out. Yeah. Like you said, one of four on fourth downs isn't ideal. Um, yeah, I mean, we were definitely able to move it at times, but you're right. I mean, it was just, uh, it was finishing those drives out and getting points on the board. Um, and just that fat, fat goose egg for the first half. Um, I will say I asked for your good and you did give me a bad. So, uh, going a little (laughs) off script here, Teej, but, uh, since you went bad, I, I guess get better, I, man. I will, uh, I will share my bad. I mean, I feel like you could have picked a number of things offensively. I'm just going offensive line. Uh, 
Um, obviously, with the injuries, you're you're seeing some struggle, and with the guys that have left the team, um, but it, it just feels like Seth doesn't. We don't. There's not enough time. Uh, there's not enough time for the receivers to kind of get into their routes and get open. Seth doesn't have enough time to kind of sit in the pocket and wait for that to happen. Like, you know, he was the leading rusher on uh, on Saturday, 19 attempts, 60 yards, and those weren't, again, that's not designed runs. That's him having to take off, uh, you know, because somebody's busted through the line. But like you said, I mean, it's <coughs> it's it's guys losing one-on-one matchups, and it's not – you know, it's not three or four guys there, but it's like one guy typically, right? And they talked, the staff talked about it. Seth mentioned it in his availability. Cramsey talked about it. It's just the details. Like, we got to be able to, to, to block, pass, and catch. And like, you know, maybe it's a, a drop from a wideout that's on a sure first down and then the drive stalls, right? That's stuff that kills you. Or it's, you know, your tackle just getting beat one-on-one and, and somebody's a defenders in Seth's face immediately and the play just gets blown up right away. Right. So like, um, guys got to come out and they got to win their one-on-ones. And as soon as one guy messes up, it's, it's kind of killing things. So, um, hopefully they, you know, they've talked about it. Most of it's all correctable stuff. So hopefully they get it figured out and, uh, come out Friday and, and guys are, uh, are winning their one-on-one matchups. Um. All right. What'd you now go ahead and and give me your good since you wanted to <laughs> skip to bad so quickly? I just wanted to get out of the way, man. Go bad and just get better. Uh, for my good, I I, I should say Cramsey listened to me in putting Hassel at fullback and going with the power run game down in the red zone. I gotta say, yeah. Shout out to old Crams. Uh, seems to be a fan of the pod, but got to give you credit there, Teed. You'd been uh. You've been asking for that exact uh, formation with the exact personnel for, what, two weeks? Yeah, it's the only thing that made sense. Hassel's been a fullback forever. He knows how to block. He's used to putting a body on somebody. But uh, I'm going to say my my good was actually a combo of protecting the ball and only having one penalty. I'm not going to count that dumb Ryan Glover strip sack at the end of the game. The game was well in control at that point. Like, I'm not worried about that. But we clearly haven't been as efficient on offense as we have been in the past. Um, you know, and, and last year we had the turnover bug and we were getting penalized left and right. And those are just two things that we were really bad at last year that we have done such a good job at this year and have shown vast improvement on. So for me, I, I take that as a good any day of the week. You know, we I don't know where we're at nationally with penalties, but um, it does feel like it's they're down a lot not a ton of false starts. We definitely knock on wood on the fumbles. We have not had that issue again. That kind of lost us a couple games last year. Yeah. Um, so just being able to say, Hey, look at this. This was an issue and we've greatly improved on it so far, you know, five games in. So for me, that that's a win any day of the week. What about you? Yeah, What's your no, good? I, would, I would agree with you on, well, before we get to mine, I mean, yeah, there were definitely several, I would say three for sure last year that were troublesome areas that they've improved, right? Special teams being one. And if you go look at efficiency ratings, we're top 10 in the nation special teams wise. So obviously a complete 180 from last season. And then you touched on the other two, which were obviously last year we struggled protecting the ball. Yeah, we have what, I think three total turnovers this season, two fumbles and a pick. And like you mentioned, 
Glover's the other day, game was in hand, and then the first fumble in week one Asa had against State, I mean, that game was over too. I mean, that was on the last drive of the game. So two of the three that we've had have been on our last drive of the game when the game's already over. Um, and we're second in the nation right now in turnover margin, plus nine. So the defense is getting takeaways, and the offense is, like you said, knock on one, been taking care of the ball so far. And I don't know where we uh, stack up nationally either, penalty-wise, but yeah, one penalty for five yards uh, Saturday, so an improvement there as well. Obviously, there are still some things that we've struggled with, offensive line, DBs, that still need to get figured out, but uh, I would say it's definitely a good sign that at least those three areas have seemed to be significantly improved from last season. Um, For me, the good, I just went with covering. You know, we hadn't been great against the spread uh, <clears throat> under Ryan. Um, I think it got down to like 18 and a half by kickoff. It opened at like 20 and a half. I actually teased it back up right before kickoff and went to 20 and a half. And uh, shout out to the Tigs for covering that for me. So um, a little, it was a little over even money. So nice little. Nice little payday there on the uh, Tigs after I'd lost the last two weeks. So for me, at least I'm two and two betting on the Tigs to cover the spread. So we'll see what happens this week. But uh, shout out to them. I mean, when you're sitting there and it was 7-3 coming out of the third quarter, you're thinking no way. And I was just waiting for uh, Temple to get that backdoor cover. They had two opportunities, um, and we ended up picking them off both times. So. My good was uh, finding a way not only to win, but uh, what do they say? Good teams find a way to win. Great teams cover. I'll tell you what, man. Those The defense on that final drive was just wild because they were definitely going downfield and were going to lo- make people lose a lot of money. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know where EJ was throwing that last ball, but, I mean, he, he threw it questions. straight into Sincere's chest. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what was. I think maybe I don't know if he just wanted the game to be over. I don't know, but it looked like he was trying to throw it to sincere. Definitely not great, Bob. Um. All right. Beautiful. What was your beautiful from uh, Saturday? Um. Hard to say anything was beautiful outright. I mean, it was just kind of an ugly game. But for me, it's hard to say anything other than uh, maybe the de- defensive line. You know, we had uh, Temple is not, you know, they haven't been a great running team all season, but they had 22 carries for 52 yards, which is uh, 2.4 yards per carry. And, you know, five fifty two yards, that's just a wild number. You know, you don't see many teams getting held to 52 yards rushing. And uh, it was just it was just nice to see that. Right. Just the ability to stop someone on the run because they kind of mentioned pregame that that was kind of their game plan, right? That, um, you know, they have multiple quarterbacks. They like to run the ball because, you know, the head coach is a former running back coach. So, um, you know, 22 carries again, 52 yards, 2.4 yards a carry. I just want to reiterate that because 2.4 yards a carry is not a lot. And that is, um, that's an impressive number. I don't know the last time that we have held anyone to only 52 yards rushing. Um, it's just... Um, I don't know. Kind of a shocking number for me. Let me ask you this. Are we are we maybe pretty good against the run defensively? 
Ooh. Hmm. I'm trying to think back on all the numbers. I mean, I, I think we're giving up right now. We're giving up 112 yards a game rushing, and that's including having played Navy. That's that's a good number in itself. I am curious how much of that is good. How much of that is hey Memphis is good against stopping the run, or is it why in the hell we're we going to run the ball if we can just kind of pass it on them all day? You know, you don't really have a a, a full story being told by looking at just the um, the run defense numbers, in my opinion. But that doesn't mean that's not to say we're not right. I mean, we're, looking back, North Texas had thirty carries for one hundred and two yards. Arkansas State thirty two carries for ninety five. Navy had 58 for 215, and Mississippi State, 34 carries, 97 yards. Which is a lot of carries for State. That is a lot of carries for State. Um, No one eclipsed the four yards per carry mark. You got pretty close at Navy with 3.71, which kind of is what it is there, right? Um, North Texas has shown to be a pretty good run team, and they only got to 3.4 yards a carry. So maybe Although we are. I, th- I think I agree with you. That was more of them just uh, saying, hey, I think we can shred this secondary. So let's sling the rock, right? It'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens. Right now we're top 30-ish in run defense. Um, something to keep an eye on the rest of the year, though, if, if we're able to continue to kind of stay in that mark and then maybe hopefully fix, fix some of the passing defense and uh, – See if maybe this defense can't uh, win us some ball games. I mean, they've done it the last two weeks, I'd say probably. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to jinx us, but Houston isn't exactly a uh, a crusher on the ground. So it looks like we could probably carry it through one more week at least. Yeah, we'll see. Tune's been been shown in uh, showing some legs, though. Kind of worried about that. We've always struggled with the quarterback that can yeah. extend a play. Um. Yeah. So my my beautiful was just the overall defensive effort, right? I mean, obviously we've talked about it. The offense wasn't able to get anything going at all, scoring wise, finishing drives off. But I mean, shout out to the defense, right? They held Temple to three points. Temple came in a hundred percent on the year in the red zone. And that's not just 100% scoring. That was every time they'd made a trip to the red zone, they'd scored a touchdown. I think they were 12 of 12 coming into the game. They were 0 of 2 in the red zone on Saturday. So both times they made it in. Uh, One was a fourth down stop, obviously, early on. And the second was at the end of the game when we got the interception. But, uh, I mean, just all around. They held Temple to 2 of 16 on third down. So that's back-to-back weeks, TJ, that we've... uh, Defense have been able to get off the field on third down. Is that uh, is that a good sign of things moving forward? We're starting to figure out how to get off the field on third downs. Yeah, I mean, especially since that was such a big deal in uh, well last season, specifically against ECU, uh, and, and even I feel like we could argue this year against State. Right, was the inability to get off the field on third downs. We were atrocious um, against third down for a while there, and it seems like we are just getting better and better and better. I don't know if that's because, you know, this kind of comes back to the running game argument. Is it because the teams we're playing aren't that great? Or is Memphis learning? Or is th- are things starting to click for these guys? Because, you know, it is a new system, right? We're not, right. you know, it, philosophies are relatively the same. But just 
I, things can click that kind of the more you go along. It was kind of the same thing with uh, when Fuller was here, right? Later in the season, we're like, is Memphis good at defense? And then we got well, freight I, You kind of got that with Mac too, either. Yeah. Like both seasons, Late right? Season, you start yeah. out and you're slow, and then you kind of start figuring out second half of the year, and you start thinking that the defense is good. I mean, that's what led to last year, kind of all the hype around the defense, right? The, mm-hmm. the second half of 2020, the defense had significantly improved. You were bringing back Mac. You were bringing back most of that side of the ball. So everybody was kind of like, hey, this might be a year where the defense is like stout, stout. Um, and then kind of the same thing happened. They came out and struggled the first half of the year and then kind of turned it on. So, um, yeah, I don't know say, if it says more about UNT and, and Temple here recently, but something to keep an eye on that at least the last, I would say the second half of the Arkansas State game through the Temple game, they've been pretty good third down wise defensively. If you are looking for the third down litmus test, Houston is a 50% team on third down. They're in the top 20 in the nation of third down conversions. They have attempted 80, and obviously half of that is 40. That's pretty high up there. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, only eight more teams have committed or attempted more third down, uh, more third downs than them. So hmm. that's, a, that's a big number to be in the top 10 in the nation on attempted third down conversions and also to be at 50% conversion, which puts you in the top 20 of uh, the conversion rate. So so definitely it's a good something, test. To, something to keep an eye on on Friday. Um, I mean, and then it, the other part, we talked about it, was turnover-wise, right? Uh, the defense, it's been reiterated. They talked about how they, as a defensive unit, had worked on drills and takeaway stuff by themselves outside of practice. And, I mean, it's showing that's twice back-to-back weeks they've had that kind of tip drill going on uh where they get a a pick out of it but uh you know we mentioned it anytime the defense can get the ball back for you it's a win right so three turnovers obviously all in the fourth quarter on uh saturday but i mean just all around i felt like it was a really solid day for the defensive side of the, the uh the field so um that was my beautiful um and hopefully that trend continues uh as we move uh, move into Friday against the Cougs. Um, just another interesting note. Uh, obviously, the adjustments we've made in the second half, I think, have shown mm-hmm. in recent weeks. But, TJ, I don't know if you knew this. We are second, not only second nationally in turnover margin, we are second nationally in second half scoring behind only Clemson at 23 points a game in the second half. I, I think it's going to be a a vital thing to look Lord, forward. I didn't even know that was a stat that they kept anywhere. Yeah, I did not. Uh, I didn't either, but I guess they do. They keep uh, first half and second half scoring stats. But second in the nation. Not bad. We're making those adjustments at half. We just got to get off to faster starts. <laughs> we'll take it. All right. All right anything else uh, from Temple? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm trying to just think back if there's anything that we saw against Temple or just that we're seeing consistently and trying to figure out kind of what the issue is and how, like, what what do we need to work on? Like, why was the offense so bad? You know, in the interviews, it was, I think we heard both Cramsey and Silverfield say, like, 
it's execution. Like, you know, one guy missed his block. And like, that is the case sometimes if one guy misses their block, like on those damn wide receiver screens, if the outside guy misses his block, the play is pretty much blown up, right? Yeah. Is that real? That cannot be the case in every single play, right? I mean, I yeah, not every. I mean, we, you and I sitting down there, there are definitely plays where we're like, you know, damn, Pounders just got totally beat one on one, and his guy freaking got in the backfield in half a second, and that is definitely a case where it happens. Or, like you said, when we we do those quick screens out to a wide receiver, and you know, early in the season, it was I think Caden had missed a block or two doing that, and that's mm-hmm. essentially just the play is immediately dead unless. Gabe or whoever it is is able able to make that first guy miss, which you know sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But I don't think it's every single play um, that it's one guy that's not executing. But uh, I think it's just a combination of of things that are adding up. Like you said, I mean, there were times Saturday where we were moving the ball fine, and then we just weren't able to finish a drive, whether it was a drop or you know. Just I don't I don't know. It's kind of hard to really pinpoint exactly what it is. I mean, I think it really, to me, at least boils down to the offensive line and the time that you know you got to give Seth. And some of that may be, uh, you know, maybe Seth occasionally needs to throw the ball away sooner, or maybe he's not making a read when he should be. Yeah, it, it definitely seems like it is a combination of the O-line not able to sustain their blocks, Seth holding on to the ball too long, and even some of the the routes, they're just taking too long to develop. Like, I don't know. I I think there's some of that, and I think there's some of, I mean, there's been play calls where it seems like we run routes all to one level, and then guys just kind of sit there, right? They're not extending a route out or kind of moving with Seth. It's like, hey, I've run my route, and I'm, sitting right here, but there's a defender there. So it's like Seth doesn't have a real option, you know? Yeah. And all this to be say, like to say that I think Cramsey is a good offensive coordinator, but I think he could work with more like shorter, quick routes. And again, I don't mean the wide receiver screens, but like kind of what you said, the levels uh, mesh, some of the, just the easier stuff to get something different out there because it does feel like everything is a go. And you're trying to throw a back shoulder pat, like a back shoulder uh, go route or uh, a 10 yard hitch. And then Seth gets in this situation where he's scrambling and everyone's just sitting still, like they're sitting still and and then no one is moving with him. So it's like, uh, hey, wide receiver, go find this grass and then just park there. And then Seth's running for his life and they're like, they're concreted in. They can't move or they're not moving with him. And it's, um, causing Seth to run for his life or get sacked or, you know, stuff we don't need, neither thing that we need. Um, I mean, carrying the ball 20 times is, is bananas. I should, I almost feel like, dude, I feel like I should have stuck with my uh, half joking. Seth will be the team leading rusher at this <laughs> point with as many carries as they're getting split between uh ducker, Asa and Brandon. It may not have been a bad pick. I mean, he's right. I think he's third right now and then he's not far behind on the team as it uh in rushing yards total you know another thing that you and i talked about at the game the offensive line or are those delayed blitzes um 
North Texas worked us with them and I know Temple did the same thing because you and I were talking about it. But basically, you know, the ball is high and um, once the ball snaps, you know, an end is going outside and then the outside linebacker is basically just waiting on everybody to be engaged in blocks and then coming late and it's a free shot at Seth. And he's having to pull Caden away from a route to block. So that's one less guy out there. So now you have less targets and, you know, adding a blocker only saves you so many seconds. Um, you know, it's just something that you and I talked about. And I think that they really need to address and figure out how to improve on some of those delayed blitzes and defending that. Yeah. It's, I mean, on the other half of that, it's something I'd like to see us utilize a little bit too. It seems to be working (laughs) well for everybody else. Let's see if, uh, see if we can't throw that wrinkle in, but yeah. So back to Seth, I, I just pulled it up. He's only 60 yards behind uh, BT as the leading rusher. So if he keeps having to run for his life, it could be a, a close call there at the end of the year. As long as he's able to stay healthy. He stopped sliding this week. I don't know if you noticed that. He uh, he wasn't sliding anymore. He's, he started uh, diving forward or falling forward. Which, hey, that's what, two, three extra yards? It could be the difference in a first down and having to punt the ball, but you kind of also got to be a little bit careful with that as the uh, star starting quarterback can't be taking a hit and getting injured. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, uh, on to Houston. The Tigs, Friday Night Lights, welcome the most fraudulent team in America to Simmons Bank Memorial Stadium, Liberty Stadium. TJ was a big, I've been telling him the whole offseason Houston was fraudulent. TJ was a big, big believer in the Cougs. I was, man. I, you have Clayton Toon, who's good. You have Tank Dell, who's good, probably the best receiver All in right, the conference. All stop, right, I'm stopping you there. On what? What it say is what call? What'd you just say? Nathaniel Dell, Tank Dell. Thank you. Get his his birth name is Nathaniel. Man, you can't call some dude. What is he five nine or five? That dude is not a tank. Where did he get the nickname Tank? Probably from his grandmother. Did you watch Last Chance You? He's the Last Chance You guy. Is he? 
I didn't yeah. know that. Um, Nathaniel Dell. Regardless, 5, 10, he's good. I'm not calling him Tank. He's no, good. he's good. I am. Uh, I'm worried about our ability to stop old Nathaniel Dell on Friday. But uh, Friday night, get out to Simmons Bank. The last two weeks' crowds have been atrocious. Uh, it's a Friday night. I think it's fall break. It's either fall break this week for some private schools, or you're going into fall break the next week. I know a lot of football teams have buys because it's fall break. Um, I mean, get out to the freaking Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Support the Tigers. Uh, right now, we're it opened at f- four and a half as the Tigers favored. It's down to three. It got all the way. I saw it, I think, yesterday at two or two and a half. It's back up to three now. Uh, over under at 57 and a half. But... Um, We'll see. I mean, obviously, Houston was picked to be the conference. Uh, they were the favorites to win the American. Um, like I said, I, I think they're the most fraudulent team in the country. They were, what, 11-1 and one last year, lost to Cincy in the American Championship, but they played the like third to last or third to easiest schedule in the nation. Um, I don't know. Dana seems to be having some uh, issues down there in Houston. He's, I don't know if you've seen his last couple of press conferences, but uh, it's definitely getting dicey. I don't, I don't think throwing players under the bus, blaming them, saying he's sick of dealing with them. You got player, you see those the uh, Houston guys fighting on the sideline at the Rice game. My favorite was that he said he was sick of uh, sick of telling motiv- them what to motivating do. them. Oh, yeah, yeah telling them what them. to do, like. I don't remember what it was exactly, but I mean, but like, isn't that your job? Basically dude? saying like, I'm tired of doing my job. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Houston may have a problem as well, but yeah. So Houston coming in, they are fresh off of a loss to not just Tulane at home, but the third string quarterback of Tulane, which, Hey, Tulane looks to be like a good football team this year. Obviously went to, Manhattan knocked off Kansas State, but I mean, if you're supposed to be one of the top G5 teams in the nation, you were picked to win your conference, you can't be losing at home to a third-string quarterback. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, you you know, you and I are not fans of the first-string quarterback by any means. But they didn't even lose to the backup. They lost to the third string. This is like losing... I mean, yeah, uh, my pet. Pa- their backup second string got like five snaps. I mean, he was, it was a good couple series. He was five of five for like 75 yards or something. But uh, then they had to bring in an old freshman third stringer in. And this is like Peter Parrish coming in and working you. Shout out to Peter, though. Peter could have been capable if he had well, more than a week know. to prepare. I don't yeah. know. And a lot of that wasn't his fault. There were some passes he had that should have been tutties that were uh, ended up picks. Yeah. Hard to win when you turn the ball over four times. Anyway, enough about Peter. Back to Houston. I will say, you know what's shocking? Doug Belk is still there. He's the defensive coordinator at Houston. Um, They were good last year on defense. I know it was the strength of schedule thing regardless, but only allowing 302 yards per game and – 
that is not the case this year <laughs> at all. Uh, it's it's about a hundred more yards per game, so four oh eight. Um, yeah, they're about good, they're right on right on par with where we're at. We're, we're giving up right around four hundred as well. Yeah, and their offense doesn't seem to be nearly as Mm-mm. effective as it was last year either. So kind of taking steps back in both uh, on both sides of the ball. But I mean, coming in, they're what two and three. I mean, realistically, there's a world where they could be zero and five coming Definitely. into the. Coming to Simmons Bank on Friday. I mean, if you want a fun uh, prop bet, I'm going to look up what it is at right now. But if you wanted something to throw in a little extra on, throw a, throw some moolah on this game going to OT because that seems to be what Houston likes to do is play overtime ball games. I don't know what that's at right now. now we uh, have a kicker. It's probably at close to... Plus a thousand or something, I would imagine. Looking at OT games before, it's not available right now. But if you wanted a fun little prop, you could bet on that. And at least right now, three of their five have gone to overtime. I'll tell you what, this team is also kind of like our 2020 team, you know, thinking that you're going to have Kenny coming into the season and you end up not having Kenny at all. And they kind of were under the impression they were going to have Alton McCaskill uh, until he obviously got hurt. So that kind of changes things as well. You know, not to say that's, that's why they're so bad, but it definitely makes it right. But it definitely, yeah. I mean, you got to change some of some things you're probably expecting to do schematically and probably puts a little bit more emphasis on uh, getting Nathaniel Dell the ball too. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But all right, let's look at it. What uh, what offensively for Houston are you uh, are you looking at? What do they do well that you're going to be watching? Uh, Clayton Toon, right? I, I, he and Tank Dell are pretty much what make up their entire offense. Yeah. If you, um, I mean, if you just look at, I'm sorry, Nathaniel Dell. I don't want to offend you anymore. If you just look at Dell um, this season, although he's not a big guy, you've kind of pointed that out. Um. Pretty big yardage. A couple of times, broken 100 yards. He's the touchdown machine. He's up to five touchdowns this season. So uh, kind of hard to stop. A lot of his passes are kind of deeper. I mean, you're looking at over 10 yards a catch. So it's not it's not like it's he's doing work by just catching quick stuff underneath and getting stopped. Like he's actually making oh, long yeah. plays he's, as he's well. He's got the ability to beat you deep for sure. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's this is a, uh, it's going to be a vital. I mean, that's what I've got down is – our secondary versus uh, Tank Dell. I mean, if we're able to figure out a way to kind of restrict his touches and keep the ball out of his hands, I think you've got a pretty good shot. You know, force other people on the field to beat you. Like, he's, I think, fifth right now in conference as far as it goes receiving yardage. Like you said, he's up at the top for receiving touchdowns. Um, Watching him, yeah, they like to send him on goes and, and beat you over the top. I mean, he's a speedy guy. He's got good hands. Um, runs good routes. So, I mean, it's going to be crucial for Ruben or Ross, uh, whoever's lined up on him, man, or Quindell coming over to help Hastings. I mean, we saw a lot of Joel last week. I don't know if Hastings went out with an injury or what, but uh, secondary is going to have to uh, play a tough game and, and try to keep uh, Tankdale in check for sure. 
Yeah, I think he'll he'll probably pull a double team between uh, or just have a safety over top helping the entire time, which that you know that could open the door for a freshman like Matthew Golden, um, and that's kind of what you want, I think, if you're Memphis, kind of put the uh, trying to put the game in the hand of a freshman, someone maybe who doesn't have the game experience and and it's just you know missing some of the intangibles that someone like Nathaniel Dell would. Um, there's no large tight end on this team. So my number one fear is out of the door. I, you know, I, here I am going to jinx us in here saying that I'm not worried about the tight end, but um, no one's six five plus coming out of the tight end spot. So tank Dell or bust it for this offense. It seems. Yeah, that's good. I will say, uh, you mentioned Tune. He is surprisingly leads the team in attempts rushing wise with 59 on the year for right hmm. under 200 yards. That's He's got surprising. two rushing, two rushing TDs as well. So uh, something to keep an eye out on um, is Tune Tune using his legs to beat us, maybe. Yeah, I mean Did they've got a pretty the... pretty capable running back in Brandon Campbell, two hundred and fifty yards, forty point four carry, three touchdowns. But uh, we'll see. Did you watch any of the uh, Houston Kansas game by chance? Uh, I did not watch any of that. Um, I was in uh, Simmons Bank Stadium. Well, I don't know if you watched it after, but uh, I've seen some highlights. Yeah, that was that was a game where Tune was showing his legs off, just the ability to kind of move and keep things alive. Yeah, yeah, uh, they did some read stuff with him. I think he had a a decent, maybe a twenty yard touchdown run. I think mm-hmm. in that one. Um, but yeah, something definitely to keep an eye out on is we've talked about it. Uh, a uh, QB that's got capable legs has kind of been our Achilles heel uh, oh, yeah. in the past. Um, all right, what about defensively? What? For uh, Houston, what do we need to be keeping an eye out on? Hmm, It's a good question because defensively they're not too far off um, kind of from what we do as yeah. a defense. Um they have a good linebacker. Uh, uh, oh, gosh. I'm going to go blank on his name now. Uh, Nunnery. Nunnery's good. Yeah, um, Manny. Manny Nunnery, yep. Uh, he is good. They have. They don't have the D end anymore. He, he's definitely moved on. Um, to the well, end they had the one in Derek, Derek Parrish that was leading the country in sacks, but uh, tours, he's out for the year now. He tours bicep in the Rice game. Yeah, there's another. They have another defensive lineman that's pretty good. Um, DeAnthony Jones. Okay, is that that who you're thinking of? That's not who I was thinking of. Nelson uh, Caesar is actually who I was thinking of, but looks like very similar um, statistics wise. That is to DeAnthony Jones. So yeah, I mean they're their two next sack leaders. A couple tackles for a loss. So. Um. Yeah, they've got a good, uh, at least, I mean, he's second in the nation in pass breakups or passes defended in Alex Hogan, their uh, junior defensive back out of Houston. He's got nine, which ranks second in the nation so far this Hmm. season. So definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Um, And then I mentioned DeAnthony Jones. He's got two sacks and two forced fumbles already on the year. So another thing to watch out for. They have a DB, Abdul Latif Adu, um, who was a some of the Tigers were actually after last season. He was a JUCO guy. And um, 
he obviously ended up choosing Houston, but uh, he's actually been really good for them as well, which is slightly unfortunate that he chose Houston over uh, Memphis. Looking back on our past defense now. Yeah. I will point this out. This is completely off topic, but their long snapper, Davis Beal, is accredited for a quarterback hurry, and I need to know the story behind that and how that is even possible. Interesting. Maybe they just threw him out. Maybe he played like a nose guard or something in high school. They threw him out there. Yeah, he got it versus Texas Tech. I don't know. I need someone to figure that out for me. I have to go back and watch the film on that one. Shout out to their kicker, though. What a name. You see that? Bubba Baxa? Yeah. Baxa, man. I'm pretty sure he's a transfer, though. He's a... Uh, 75% on the air field goal, 9 of 12. I think... He's 0 of 3 from 40-plus yards, so that's something to keep an eye on. They have not made a field goal longer than 39 yards. This year. No, longer than 37 this year. Yeah, Bubba Bax is a transfer from Miami. Um, and watching the film, Houston defensively, we talked about uh, Alex Hogan. But one thing I noticed in more than one matchup uh, that I was watching in both Rice and Kansas, their secondary was getting beat down the field on go mm-hmm. routes. And not, not just beat by any... I mean, they were... TJ, they were getting beat by white guys. Which I feel sure, like you not, don't see it. I don't, you're not going to say what I think you're going to say, are you? That's not something you typically see a whole lot of. And uh, I don't know if he's listening, but this could be a big a breakout game for old Colby Drake. We're talking about a Kobe Drake game. It might be a Kobe Drake game. We thought we were getting that with the uh, UNT. He had a series where they literally couldn't stop him. And then I think he got like a stinger or something to miss the rest of the game. But... Uh, Watching film could be a Kobe Drake game. Keep an eye out on that. <laughs> no, but to your point, they um, Houston has not been good against the pass. Pretty similar to uh, kind of what Memphis has been. And, you know, that's – we've played, you know, the air raid with Mississippi State. So that kind of uh, – Kind of inflates the numbers a bit, right? I'm not I'm not going to – I mean – I'm not going to pat it and bit, say that – maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, they pass for 450. No one's come close to that. You know, 371 with North Texas is the next closest, and that's still a pretty big yeah, difference that was a freaking career high for the dude. I know, but my point is, as bad as the Tigers' defense has been, that was one of those was against one of the nation's top passing yeah. offenses. And, I mean, I, I, will, I will say last week, outside of what they passed for, 250, 80 of that on, came on yeah. one play in the first quarter, right? So, obviously have – did improve. I mean, does that say more about Temple and EJ Warner? Probably, but Probably, uh, yeah, yeah. I see where you're going. But I don't. When it's all said and done, if we can just get Seth back to being Seth, and just get the offense, just even second half of Mississippi State, you know, just get him looking somewhat competent on throwing the ball again. I think we're good here, right? Yeah, I mean, and that was one of my. Points to what I mean, the offensive line. I mentioned it as a bad last week. I think it's vital this week. Like, if we're able to get uh, Myers or Gamble back, I think that would be huge in what we're able to do on Friday. Um, and like you said, 
when we've had that group in there, we've been able to let Seth be Seth. It's been since we've had the injuries to the line, the lack of depth there, that we've seen the offense go stagnant. And I think it really boils down to not having the time or protection to allow Seth to be Seth. Yeah, I didn't like in uh, Ryan's post game. Maybe it wasn't post game. It was the the Sunday interview, but basically just saying like help was not coming for the offensive line. So well, and uh, then he, I yeah, he said that in the post game, but then he also said, you know, we'll be looking to see if we can't get some guys back this week. So it's like. Yeah, I didn't know is where he was going with their that. Their day-to-day, <laughs> is there a potential for them to be back? Or are you implying no help is coming is like they're out for a while? So I don't know. That's something to keep an eye out on uh, as we get get out there on Friday and teams warming up to see if, if either Myers or Gamble are able to. I will say I think uh, two weeks ago Gamble had a boot on, and last week I don't think he had one on. And it was definitely an ankle injury or lower extremity um, so that could be a good sign. Yeah. Just, just healthy bodies at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump into it. Give me, uh, give me your first Teddy prediction. I mean, he didn't get it last game, but we're just going to call that anomaly. It's Katie. But he got second, right? He got the second yeah, one. Yeah, he got the second one. Um, I mean, I agree with you. I don't know how it's not, but I'm I'm gonna be different and go with. Uh, I'm just gonna say BT gets it. That's fair. He's getting a lot of the looks down at the uh, the goal line. You know, a lot of people gave him um, maybe I don't want to call it flack, but he he caught a lot of heat at the beginning of the year because he was kind of getting those ugly carries early in the game where it's just like, okay, here you go, run at this defensive tackle full speed, and. Uh, get two yards every time. But yeah. now I think he's, he's kind of getting back into the rhythm. We're kind of seeing plays of him driving his legs and uh, kind of continue to move the ball. Obviously up to six touchdowns. That's great. Four in the but last two continue. weeks, right? Yeah. He's going to continue to get those goal line carries. It's, um, you know, maybe, maybe we'll see them fake the power run and, um, you know, maybe something in the flats or, you know, something that is designed to look like a run, of course just misconception or like a misdirection. Excuse me. Do we, uh, do we score early on Friday? I freaking hope so. We need to, I do too. I think, I mean, you got to come out. This is a game you got to come out. It's almost, to me, it feels like that Navy game where you got to come out fast and score. I think Houston's capable enough where if you come out slow, you get down 10, 14, it's going to be tough to come back. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm also worried that I think their game plan for every game is to come out and score very fast, and that's just not been the case. Not happening. Yeah. So that's uh, I would something love I'd be a little bit concerned not, about. But. Yeah, I would love to not come out Friday in our first possession be a three and out. Yeah. Or a At four least and out. First play, first down, and then three plays and punt. Let's get a drive up there. At least if, just give me a field goal at least. I'm going to say cross the 50. I'm happy with the first drive crossing the 50. Is that setting the bar too low? I don't know. Yeah, it's too low. Let's get some points on the board. <laughs> um, all right, give me your offensive player game ball. Offensive game ball. I'm trying to think of someone maybe that we have not said um, recently. 
I'm going to say, ooh, I'm going to give it to Javon Ivory, actually. I think he had a good game last week, and he's starting to build some confidence and starting to get targets. Okay. I've gone Javon a couple times. It hadn't happened. I'm going to go Seth got it this week. I'm going to go BT. I think he has a good game. I'm hopeful we get uh, Gamble Myers back. Offensive line's clicking. Open up some holes. He has a tutty or two. I'm going to go BT. All right, what about defensive game ball? I mean, this is almost like first touchdown at this point. Like, it's it's a lock for Jalen Allen or Zay. Yeah, I mean, I... I'd hate to say it, but Quindell's kind of died off um, in terms of just having these just ridiculous games where it's like, come on, like no one can keep this type of, of production up. But Jalen Allen and uh, Zay Collins have, right? I think they've been really good uh, consistently over and over and over again. Um, so if you take one, I'll take the other at this point, unless you want to take a wild card. Well, you pick one. I might go a different direction. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Zay Collins. It's, I'm shocked if it's not anymore. There you go. Well, I'm gonna go with Q because you just called him out and said he's falling off, and I think he comes out and has a massive game on Friday. Good. Let me let me get a, me let me get another pick. Give him his third of the year on a deep ball to little tiny tank. I think he's got a he's gonna have a big game. Tiny tank. You should call him that right now. Call him Tiny Tank. I'll do it right now. <laughs> Little Tiny Tank. Uh, all right. The line three. Um, give me your score. I don't. Should we do score predictions anymore? I mean, last week was atrocious. Twenty-four no. to three. Who could have seen that? <laughs> Not me. You know, it's funny you say that because in our. Um, We've talked about it before. We have like a group that tries to guess the score, and there's a large rolling pot. Everyone went high, right? Yeah, it just it's the nature of the beast. We all went high scoring. Both defense is not great, and I sarcastically was like, "Someone needs to go low because everyone's going high. Like this is the only thing that makes sense. Someone needs to go low, and they went low, but not, not that low. low to the floor. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't get off the floor. So it uh. I don't know, man. I'm worried about this one in terms of what's the over 55, I think 57 and a half. Well, I'm going to go under um, for sure. In terms of the actual points, I'm trying. It's almost like a math game in my head. TBH. I mean, they're Vegas is sitting at like a 30 to 27 game. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at. I do think it will probably be a three point game. I think that the isn't that what the spreads at now? Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty good. I'm going to say stuff. Mm, I'm going to say Memphis 27, Houston 24. I would take it right on the money of of the three points. All right. I feel like that's probably about where it's at too. Um, although just because we 
don't cover all that often. I'm gonna. I feel like it's gonna end up being like twenty eight, twenty seven, or something. Um, I'll go thirty twenty eight Tigers. Two pointer. Okay. They find a way to win. Can I change my game ball to Chris Howard for the game winning field goal? I thought about that. Is he? You you're putting him under your offensive game ball? Yeah. Hey, you get the game winning score. That's offensive. So, question: Would you put by default? Does that make Joe Doyle your a defensive game ball candidate for punting? Yeah, because Joey D is freaking banging him lately. Yeah. He got a game ball. Hmm. I'm gonna stick with mine for Zay. Collins, that is, but Joe Doyle, just know that you were up there for me. We're thinking of you, Joe. Joe Doyle rules. Uh, all right, just some other quick news to touch on, TJ. The uh, the scheduling update for next season. We uh, we settled with Missouri. There are some people out there that that uh, oh, old Lair and apology were crushing them all over Twitter. We should have just taken the buyout and not had a game. Now you get a Millie and you're still playing an SEC opponent to a very drivable. I mean, that'll be a fun weekend, right? And you didn't, in the grand scheme, you didn't lose a home game, right? Because you replaced an away game with North Texas with the home game with Beth, Bethune Cookman, which obviously isn't the same caliber of game, but it's not like we were playing seven home games and lost one and now we're playing six. So. I think given the scenario and Missouri just trying to cancel the game, this was a extremely, I mean, that's a good outcome. Would you agree? Yeah. It, you know, at first I was pretty pissed. I was like, all right, what, Lear, don't cancel this game. Like, what are we talking about? And then you realize you don't really have the leverage or the power there, right? You could, you had pretty much two options. You take the $250,000 buyout and you have 11 games and you scramble to find someone else. You had just had to do that uh, to replace a game last second. You landed on Bethune-Cookman now that North Texas is in conference play. You were not likely going to find anyone that was going to be able to or that wanted to even play you. Like, I know that Georgia Tech has an opening. Well, I mean, definitely not come here, right? (laughs) No, just even just to find a a viable game there, right? Georgia Tech is about to have to hire a new coach. They're not trying to send... Uh, you know, they're not trying to throw their new coach under the bus saying, okay, well play Memphis. Now I know your team's in shambles, but here you go play Memphis. Like you're just setting your new coach up for a failure. And you know, there were not only I'd choose Georgia Tech as an example. There were a couple powerful teams, but it doesn't make sense for any of them a to come here or B for them to choose Memphis because there's a possibility they could lose that game. It just didn't make sense for them to take on that game. Right. And then, Memphis has no value in adding. Um, I think someone joked about Illinois State. Like you don't have any value in adding them. Like you already have already added Bethune Cookman. We've talked about attendance being an issue. You know what's not going to help you sell tickets? Playing Bethune Cookman and Illinois State, for example. Those things are yeah. not going to help you. So yeah, yeah. For, to me, at first I was pissed. I think it makes perfect sense now. I think what Veach did was pulled a rabbit out of his. You know, oh, absolutely. I, I, think, I don't know I how he was did great, it, but I mean, yeah, the whole situation is. Shit. 
right? Missouri doing that, not coming here. Obviously, it's a lot better to have, you know, Mizzou and Boise State on the home slate next year as opposed to Bethune and Boise. But now you've got a game in St. Louis that's very easily drivable. You could have a couple thousand Tiger fans up there. It's a good little road trip. You also play at Arkansas State, which is another very easy trip. So, like, yeah, you lost a home game, but you've got two out-of-conference road games that are very easy for uh, your fans to get to. So I think given the situation, obviously, I don't – like you said, Laird, I don't know how he did it. I don't know what – maybe it's his relationships with Missouri that salvaged that and was able to get us a check for a milli and uh, keep Missouri playing us, but – Think given the situation, things worked out uh, pretty decently, super decently. You know, who knew that Laird applying for the Mizzou job was going to come back and benefit us? Not me. I don't know who Not would me. see that coming, but uh, can't tell me it didn't help out. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think those. Uh, it's all about networking. It's who you know, right? He's got relationships up there. It helped him out. All right, let's jump into this uh, high cotton, TJ. Can yeah, first, so we've alluded to it. It's I like it. It's a good can. Like I, like I said, a- it's still it's still kind of this like two can feel where you got just like a generic label on one side, and then you get like the cool graphic on the other. But uh, I need you to I need you to bear with me here. The high cotton cans are kind of like a mullet, so. The logo side, the I get it. brewing side. Yep. That business is in the front. Classic business in the front. And then you yep. turn that can around and you're like, it's a party. Oh, okay. We got a party going on in the back here. <laughs> Definitely like, mullet I'm like cans. A, I'm like a, I love it. a two year old. Like, if anything shiny, it's got my attention. And they put all those little shiny accents in this can. So I'm good with it. Oh, yeah. The reflect. This is a great. You could, you could jog with this can and the reflectiveness is. I mean, you'd be fine out in the dark jogging with this can. Plus, you got the jacked pig holding the uh, large like stein of beer. Yeah, what is is that? Is that just like a Memphis flair to it because of the barbecue, or what is that? I mean, do pigs have any sort of significance in Germany? Or yeah, I mean, I think so. What? I don't know. I, I feel like I saw a pig in the movie Beer Fest. Does that count? Maybe. Yeah, that pig is jacked. It's a good can. I like the mullet reference. Uh, it feels on theme to the orange for Oktoberfest. Can-wise, I'm going to go... Uh, I mean, it's not the best can. It is a solid can, though. 7-2 on the can. I kind of think that's what we gave the last can, the um, the River King IPA. Very similar, obviously, same. Yeah. Brewery. Um, I think I like the River this King IPA can better. I like oh, the River right. King one better. Yeah, this one's cool, but I think the Pharaoh was cooler. Um, I'm gonna say. I think I'm just in a festive mood, you know. That's fair. I dare I say a seven flat. Um, I don't want to get. I see. Know. I was going to say seven flat and that just felt like a rookie score. Yeah. I don't want to get bombarded that I have to have a decimal. I think this is a seven flat. Like it's not a seven one. It's not as good as river King IPA. 
but it's still cool, so I want it to be in the sevens. Yeah, I'm, go I'm going flat. with you. Seven, I'm going seven flat, too. It's just a straight-up seven. That's a good... It's a seven. All right, Trey, what about the beer itself? What do you think? This was good. This was a good Oktoberfest lager. I don't... What did we give Wiseacre last week? Um, that's a good question. Truth be told, I actually had two. I think it was seven, eight. During last week's uh, recording, so I don't remember. I finished this one fairly early in the recording process, and I don't have any left. Um, This one was good. I'm going to say seven, nine. It squeaks out over last week, if I'm remembering correctly on Wise Acres. This is definitely better. I don't. It doesn't have that like crazy malty aftertaste. Yeah, I like this one It's not nearly as better. malty. Yeah. I don't remember what I gave last week's. Um, I think this is in the eights for me. This is really good for an Oktoberfest. Maybe not high eights, but like uh, maybe an eight one. I'm glad like you this. didn't I go probably... flat. No, I can't do flats twice. I um, no, I think this is good. I could definitely drink a couple of these before I'm just kind of like, you know, ADD kicks in and I need something new. Yeah. Just out on the patio watching a, an October evening football game. I got you. Swag. All right. For TJ, this is Trey. Come with a cold beer. Stay for the hot takes. Peace. Thank you for listening to Tigers on Tap. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast. If you are interested in content all about the University of Memphis Tiger Athletic Program, hop over to www.gotigers247.com. New articles are published daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for VIP.